Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. So, um, today's one of those mornings, by the way, it's like a gray morning. It's starting to, looking like it's about to rain. This is Lagos, Nigeria. And um, thoughts and prayers to all the people impacted by flooding in Nigeria who have lost things. We pray that help will come and other parts of the world as well. We pray that the Lord will send helpers and that what needs to be done will be done and that people who need to step up to the plate will do so and that all of us will find a way to contribute and show them that they're not alone and that, you know, we we care. Um, so, I'm, I just want to, I think I'm just going to talk from the heart today. I don't really have any agenda for what to say and all that, but I think what i'm what i like about my work with the lord and it's funny because like a week or so ago i was quite despondent i felt so bad about certain things but when 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 the holy when god describes the holy spirit as the comforter he really knows what he's saying because the comforter he really comforts me he and he comforts you from within in a way that you cannot really explain to other people and you know Yesterday, I had a conversation with someone, and I was telling the person, I was trying to share a little bit of the journey that I'd been on, and all the person was focused on was a particular thing, and I wasn't communicating at all, and the funny thing was that it wasn't even something I wanted to talk about. The person asked the question, and I, and I responded, and the person just picked on one thing, and it, it was, for me, well, it wasn't surprising, because it was that normal um response to, it's like somebody saying oh i'm not going to school or i dropped out of school and rather than asking the person and trying to understand what could have happened to make you drop from drop out from school you are spending so much time talking about the person the decision to drop out from school meanwhile you know that this person is the kind of person that on a good day would not drop out of school so anyways there was just a whole lot of a conversation and I could, the person wasn't listening to me, wasn't hearing me and just was very focused on that. Um, oh, but you just need to get back into school. And I'm using that just as an analogy, but rather than and missing the whole point of what has been going on in my life in the last two years that made it necessary for me to take a number of drastic decisions, a number of them. And... Um, and me now saying, this is a personal spiritual journey that I'm on. That message was just lost. And for me, I just felt, you know what? I mean, it, it didn't make me feel bad, but it just made me understand that there are some things about your journey that are personal to you that only you and God understands. And that's fine. And, you know, I was, I was just surprised at how quickly a conversation that was meaningful became shallow simply because... I just, I mean, anyway, let's, let me just leave it at that. So, um, I, it made me just start reflecting about what has gone on in the last few years. And the fact that many times when we meet people out, because what it also showed me was that a lot of people, even who interacted with me, had no clue of all what I was going through. There was no way they would know because people kept through it all. People kept on reaching out to me, and that was another thing, which is why you know when when I call, when you call people, you know. Anyways, let's just say that through it all, I would always have people reaching out to me, 
talking about their own problems and things and i would help them through stuff and i think that also helped me because you can't live your whole life just focused on what you're going through but the point was at those times i was some of those times i was really going through a lot of stuff that i couldn't really talk to anybody about so the holy spirit was my therapist he was my therapist and for me i I was a bit upset after the call i think with that person because i felt you don't even know what i've been through that i'm even here speaking to you you are nitpicking on the fact that oh i should do this i should do this i should do that you assume that i've been okay all this while not a question to ask me about shall what could have happened and to be honest, that's the kind of... And it was really about church, really. It was a conversation about church. And to be honest, that's the experience that I've had with, in quotes, church people. I don't... Not Christians, but church people. They are so focused on the externalities, they do not look on the inside. So people who are hurting are literally passing in their midst. Nobody to help them, nobody to identify them. It's, it's, it's just, and it's, for me, it's shocking because that is not what Christianity is. That is not what Christ is. I mean, if that is what it's all about, then let's, I mean, why, why should I even be in church if I want to be social? If it's all about being social and being seen, then I should be in the nightclubs. And I just don't know how we've gotten to this shallow um, interpretation of what church is. Church is about helping people with the most difficult, painful, me- messy heart-wrenching, disgusting things about in their lives. It's about helping people with their pain. It's not about being focused on being seen or going to places and, you know, someone tells you, oh, I have stopped doing this. The first thing you're saying is, you're not even asking the person why. Immediately you are telling the person, don't do this, don't do that, don't. You're not even asking. The most important question is, why? Can you Can you tell me what happened? And the funny thing is that that even made me even more resolute in my thinking that, oh my goodness, this is exactly why the Lord separated me. This is exactly why. Because God doesn't railroad you to do anything. God rather, oh Lord, he takes you to a place where, first of all, he sees you. He sees the pain. He sees what you're struggling with. And he knows what you can keep um, cope with. Honestly, there was... I've been for the last two weeks. I've, I've been feeling very bad about a, something that God, you know, a decision that I felt sh- God it didn't happen the way it should have. I felt let down. Let me put it that way, because I thought God had raised my hopes, and then at the last minute, it came crashing down. And I knew He could have delivered. I sort of knew He was one that prevented me. I didn't understand why, because I was like, if you knew that this was where this was going, why did we do all this? Why did we get so worked up about this and all that? Now a lot of things are now coming out. So I went through that whole process. God just told me, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And he calmed me down. But now a lot of things are coming out to make me now realize that, my goodness, maybe this was not really where I wanted to be. Like almost, it's almost like, look, oh, I dodged a bullet here. God really protected me. He knew that this is not for me. And the fact that a lot of people are going, in fact, that, that that in itself is a red flag. What I was attempting to do or where... It was at a time when everyone else was doing it. And God never, ever puts me in that kind of position. In fact, things happen for me when it's not happening for other people. That has always been the case. So, he just pulled me back. 
So what I'm just trying to say is that at the end of the day, you know what? <sighs> I don't know. I I'm just going to cleave to God and I'm going to continue to cleave to him with his word. I thank God for the Bible school that I am in. Um, I trust the Lord to lead me to a congregation and a faith family that will be focused on Jesus, the Bible, not hero worshiping any man, not focused on activities for the purposes of activities and, you know, budgets and things like that, but really looking at the lives the souls of men, the lives, the livelihoods, the hearts, the souls of men. Getting a, a, a passion for the souls of men. I'm so, it's so shocking that I'm even struggling to describe <laughs> what I am looking for. Because that's what the Bible says. And I'm not, and it was really, I'm not even going to bother saying it is God that put me on this journey, even though He is. But the point is, I mean, like when I said that at that conversation yesterday, the person was like, hey, how do I know such my mind talking to me? I'm like, how is it possible that my mind would even have come up with something like this when everyone around me is doing what you're doing? It looked like the right thing to do until I came into a personal crisis. And then the shallowness of what I was, the practice of my faith became apparent to me. And now I have discovered something that is taking me to a deeper realization of, and practice of my faith, a deeper introspection into who I am and what I should be, a stronger relationship with God, a, a, a passion to serve him more. And then you're now, well, you, the only thing you can say to me is for me to go back to my vomit. No, you have to give me a message that is stronger than that. You have to give me a message that is stronger than that. I can't go back to where I was coming from. It was a shallow practice of my faith. All I was just doing, very busy going to activities. And that's what, I'm sorry, to a very large extent, many of the churches around me have become. And if I was living in northern Nigeria, I probably would feel different. Because in northern Nigeria, to my mind, and I think, yeah, in northern Nigeria, really, the practice of Christ is about church, it's about coming to talk about Jesus, reading the Bible, you know, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and praying for God's protection from all the evil and the people who are persecuting and literally just hungry for blood around them. And these are very simple people. These are most of them, you know, teachers, educationists, agrarians. They're not focused on money, building houses, acquiring land. There's, I mean, in a, in a place where all you come, you come and all you're talking about, you, people are not praying for righteousness, you're not praying for holiness, you're not praying for a closer relationship with God, you're praying to acquire things. I have no place there, I'm sorry. I, there was a time in my life when I had a place there, I don't have a place there anymore. That's, that's not my journey. You're on a different journey. So, I mean, you guys are on a journey to Ibadan, I'm on a journey to Lagos, and you're telling me that I should travel with you just because... I'm not saying we don't believe in the same thing, but your journey clearly is different. I'm, it's, it's just really tough for me right now. And I've, I've, like I said, I've gone through stuff. I don't want to ever be in the position again where life happens to me and my faith crumbles. And that happened to me two years ago. And it was because my practice of the faith was shallow. It was not Christ-like. It was not Bible-driven. It was based on this social, happy-go-lucky, God is here to bless me, Christianity that is everywhere around us. It wasn't based on the scripture that says that they that live godly in Christ Jesus must suffer persecution. It wasn't based on the kind of relationship with God that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had that made them say that, O oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, even if 
our God will not deliver us from this fiery furnace. We will not bow to your God. That's the kind of journey I am on. I want to be able to say that if it comes, if push comes to shove. And somebody says, denounce Christ or we will throw you into a burning fiery furnace. I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I am sorry. All of the congregations around me where I live are not on the journey to prepare me for that. And that is what the Bible teaches. All the men that walked with Jesus, they laid down their lives for Christ. They did not set their hearts on things on the earth. They set their hearts on things above. They were people who cared for people. They were people who had compassion for souls, who lived a life to help people solve their problems. Yes, they were hated by the government of the day. They were people who also spoke up for righteousness, for injustice, for truth. The only thing you could fault them on was their testimony of Christ. They were not thieves. They were not um, crooks. They were not stealing money. They weren't asking, you know, they were not concerned about wealth, about acquisition. The only thing they concerned about, they, 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 they lived for, was Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those are the people I want to follow. I want to follow people that are following Christ. I don't want to follow somebody that is, 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 is asking people to follow him. And if you are, I will follow you if you are following Christ. But if you are celebrating awards, social status, I'm sorry. I'm not on that journey. I'm not judging you, but I'm not on that journey. So like my people will say, day your day, I day my day. In other words, stay where you are and let me stay where I am. So I'm sorry, this was a bit of a vent and a rant, but I think I just needed to get that off my chest because as with these musings, I, I talk about what's topical. And it just made me realize that, you know what? And now the funny thing is I wasn't asking for any validation. It was just a question that person asked me. And, you know, and then it just went off this whole rabbit hole. And I was like, oh, it just made me like, oh, wow. But I said, anyways, you know what? To satisfy those of you who think this way, I am in Bible school. I have a community of believers that I'm beginning to interact with, even though we're online. But the most important thing is I am getting closer to God. Yes, I trust God that one day I will find another faith family. I have been in several faith fam families before now. And I'll find my resting um, hope, my home. I mean, when I say resting place, I, I, you know, and I look to that for God for that. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so Holy Spirit, I trust that you'll help me solve this problem because as far as even though i'm having a great fun with you oh but lord, lord my greatest fear oh lord is that anyways i, I trust you'll solve it because i don't want to because when i remember back to before i went through this whole you know the last two years before the pandemic and all that i was very busy i was very involved in church and that gives you a sense of religious satisfaction that you're doing right by god but I wasn't, ah, I wasn't, it wasn't like, ah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just busy. Let's just put it that way. I wasn't doing what the Bible says. I wasn't Christ, I wasn't living a Christ-centered life. I wasn't also living a purposeful, mission-driven, Christ-centered life. I think I am much more purposeful now about Christ, about the word of God, and about there's just a mission and a purpose to my life now that wasn't there before. 
And that's because then I thought achieving things, acquiring things, being able to pay bills and things like that was was a was it was enough mission for me on earth. And now I, I realize that all of those things are just enablers for the mission. And the mission is Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ reconciled to man. Everything is about that. Everything that we do. And the Lord is taking me on that journey. I do believe and I hope and I pray and I know that eventually he will plant me back in the church. But I'm not going to plant myself until the Lord plants me back in a faith circle and in a faith community. I will not plant myself. And so far, I haven't been led that way. So, but um, I pray that this recording will only go to those people who God knows needs to hear this. Um, I wouldn't, uh, I don't think, it, I wouldn't want a new Christian to hear this really because um, I think it's also good for you to be in a local church where at least you're supported to grow in your faith and things like that. Um, but please look for a church that is focused on Christ and the Bible and is not focused on other things like you know, acquiring things. Even if I know everyone has financial problems, you need to have your needs met. And that's important. But like I always say to people, if financial blessings is why you came to Christ, then you're in the wrong place. Because what what God, what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and then all these things can be added unto you. Your motive for coming to Christ cannot be about finances. It can't be. It can't. If that is the motive, then when you get the wealth, you live. That's the only thing. So yes, you'll be a Christian for um, until God solves that problem. Once you feel it's well solved, you're, you're going to go elsewhere. And you, you replace God for the money, the worship of God to, for worship of mammon, which is what I guess a lot of us have done, you know, self-included up to a certain point. I'm even still in the process of unlearning a lot of what I have relearned. And this is me being on a journey to practice my faith in the way that it, I believe it should and and it's what the bible says it is so it's just it's just yeah just going back jesus when he left he said go into all the world preach my gospel to every creature live a life that is given unto me be different from the world we're not different and i mean i'm a communications person i i advise people on how to differentiate their their brands so we're not differentiated we're doing exactly what the world is doing we look like them we dress like them we talk like them the only difference is that we, we punch Christ in, in in it. I mean, recently, there's a youth movement that has been very involved in in politics and is trying to actually bring their candidates into power in Nigeria. When I see them, they started going into houses and villages door to door. It reminds me of how evangelism used to be in Nigeria when Christianity, when the charismatic revival came. We have stopped doing that now, door to door into the villages and towns and no they had no ulterior motives other than to push their candidates i mean and they're not asking them for any money nothing they're not you know all they are just saying is the only thing they want from them is we have you have your vote it's your choice they are selling i mean it's uh, there's no compulsion it's about persuasion it's about what's in it for you you know but we just, you know, it's almost, I don't know, very idealistic motives. And that's the way evangelism used to be. But now, I don't know, I just don't want to go there. But I think I'll just leave it at that. And um, I pray I pray for myself as well. I just pray that the Lord, the work that he has begun in me, he'll perfect it. When I go back into 
you know, regular church, as in the way people see it, I pray that it will be an, a consolidation of all that the Lord has been teaching me and that I will not lose this Christ-centeredness and this focus on the Bible and the Word of God for something else. I also pray that because now I have a commitment towards serving God. In fact, it's like somebody is like the difference between homeschooling and going to school. So because now I am more, I am more, how would I say, um, whatever about my faith, because I, it's now, it's not about, oh, when I get to church, I'll pray. No, church is in my house now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Church is with me. I'm here. It's, it's, it's in my house. It's in my heart. It's everywhere I go. Church is in me. And I think I'll just leave it that way. And I think that's what Jesus wants. Because there will be times that some of us will be in places where there will be no churches. What will happen to us then? There will be times that some of us may be imprisoned for our faith and for other things. What happens to you then? I think at the end of it all, I pray that the Lord will help me, help all of us find our place in Him. Whatever the Lord needs to do to get me, you and I, us, we together to be grounded in that which we have to do for Him as Christians. Let the Lord have His way in my life. That's my prayer. Not what I want, not what anybody else wants for me, definitely not. Not what society dictates or people around me or voices around me say, but what the Lord wants. Thank you, Father Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.